Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your package, folks. What's up, everybody? Josh of the Clearing Waivers Podcast coming at you for another week of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope everybody is doing well on this evening. We appreciate you stopping by. Tonight, we've got a fourth face here. You might know him from previous episodes. Um, we have enjoyed speaking to him uh, a couple times prior to this, so he is obviously a recurring guest slash friend of the show. But not only that, but he is also the guest for the episode number 69. So we did it, guys. Uh, he was the first ever guest we ever had on the Clearing Waivers podcast. Um, and we we needed to bring him back for episode 69, obviously. I think that's I think that's how this all goes. But uh, Max Reaper, editor-in-chief at Royals Review, also our new boss now, right? <laughs> yep. The new boss. The, we got the boss man in the house uh, this evening. So we're going to get uh, get some uh, questions and some uh, state of mind, if you will, uh, where he is prior to the opening day. Uh, first pitch coming up on Thursday. We've got some other things to kind of talk about. Mostly going to be Royals heavily heavy again this episode. We're all we're all pumped about the Royals getting off to a good start um, and we're ready to roll here. So uh, without further ado, let's get into clearing the waivers. We're clear. Like I said, we've got to we've got to get a barometer. We've got to check the temperature of the editor in chief at Royals Review, uh, Max. How how has your off season gone? Are you in fighting shape? Are you ready to ready to get this ball rolling? I I wish I was in the best shape of my life. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I put on the <laughs> pandemic pounds, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm. I'm not exactly game ready right now, uh, but you know, you, you play yourself, you play your way into it, I guess. And uh, yeah. you know, I'll be ready, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun off season. I think, I mean, I was expecting like a really quiet, you know, yeah. Oh, the Royals signed Wade Davis to a minor league deal. That's the biggest transaction of the off season. They had a, they were pretty active uh, getting yes. Carlos Santana, Mike Miner, Andrew Benintendi, I think was a real surprise. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of excitement. I think this is the most excitement, most excited fans have been really probably since 2016 16 is what uh, i was gonna yeah. say yeah um and so i you know i'm and hey we're just glad to have baseball back for one but that's I mean, right number two to have like a fun team to cheer for i think that's just uh even adds to it so yeah i, I think the, the fan base is pumped man like you said it's it's uh it's interesting it seems like the royals are kind of a popular pick to be like a wily team kind of a, a live uh wild card to kind of keep your eye on so i can get on board with that 
Yeah, it seems like there's been kind of two schools of thought in the mainstream media. There's like one school of thought that I think is still kind of stuck in like, okay, these are the same old Royals, 73 wins, 72 wins. And I know that's what some of the projection systems have said. And I think there is another train of thought that's like, well, you know what, the Royals, they were pretty active. They, they do have some good young pitching coming up. They do have some interesting hit young, well, maybe not young, but, you know, interesting hitters that um, are, are kind of experienced and in their prime at least like Merrifield and, and uh, Dozier and uh, Mondesi. And, and so, yeah, they're going to be feisty. I think they're going to be a yeah. tough out. They're going to be a competitive team. Uh, and and so I, I lean toward more towards the latter. I'm still kind of wait and see mode. You know, uh, they play in the show me state. So I'm like, you know, show me, you can do it. Because uh, you know, I've been I've, I've been excited about Royals teams in the past that were rebuilding. It's like, okay, now we've got the horses and they kind of, you know, go out and go six and 20 in May. And that's uh-huh. I don't think this team will do that, but, um, you know, I'm still kind of, uh, you know, cautious, uh, but sure. I think this team has a chance to be, you know, feisty and, and, and at least uh, uh, be, be close to 500, if not over 500 by the end of the season. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of really different outcomes you could see out of this team. I think right. that's what's really most exciting. And I think that's actually the perfect lead in to kind of where we're headed here is um, we talked about him being feisty. I think Matt Lamar wrote an article here. Uh, was it Monday? Uh, talking about the things that needed to go right in order for the Royals to have a winning season, not even a contending season, but a, a winning season to at least be just above, if not a few games above 500 here. I think I had it in our, our predictions article today that I think there are about 83 wins. And I was most definitely the optimistic one of the group. Once again, I think I'm like three years running at the optimistic guy. We love but, your sunny uh, optimism. That's right. Yep. That's right. I'm only here for the positivity. And if that means yeah. four games over 500, then I guess it is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I guess in your mind, I think he had four major points. I think the first one was kind of where we've been at uh, as far as a podcast goes was like, we think that their floor is a lot higher than people are giving them credit for because of, 2020 was kind of a mirage they got out to that start that you were kind of hinting at they went three and 13 I think in the first 16 games they had Keller O'Hearn uh, Dozier missed some time Salvi was out injured it got off to a very rough start and thus a three and 13 start after that they were like a game under 500 ball so I think that's kind of where we were in and if that's the ceiling is there I guess where are you at on what needs to go right in the Royal season in 2021 for them to have a winning season yeah, you, you know, when I think back about some of those teams, you know, I, I mentioned I was, I've been burned before, but, you know, with teams look seemingly pretty good and then they come out and fall flat in their face. I think the one team, thing this team has that those teams didn't is pitching, starting pitching, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, those, these past teams where we're like, ooh, maybe Kyle Davies could be something. It's like, <laughs> okay, he's not really anything. And that hurts you because then you go out and lose, you know, three out of five games. You can't rely yeah. on Zach Grinky every, every fifth day um and and to, to hold your ball club together so this team i think has a lot more pitching depth and when you have not just brad keller but you also have mike minor who's legit i mean i think people forget how good he was in 2019 and last yes. year was pretty fluky and he wasn't very good but i think we can all you know write that off um i don't think he's gonna be as good as he was in 2019 but he, he's like a solid two three win pitcher um you know that'd be awesome you know that'd yeah. be certainly worth what he's was what he's getting um and so you couple that with keller and and Brady Singer with the, the advances, but he really finished the season strong last year, and yeah. I, I was pretty impressed with what, how he how he was kind. Of, I think if he had a, had a full season, I think he would have seen him kind of really start putting up really good numbers towards the end of the year. Um, so, so they have some really good depth there, and you know, I didn't mention Danny Duffy, who was you know uh, the opening day pitcher a couple years ago, 
Um, and I, I, you know, he's, he kind of is what he is at this point, which is a solid, if he's a solid number three, number four pitcher, your rotation's pretty good. And the Royals have a chance to have a pretty good rotation. So yeah. that's, I think the key is probably having some kind of health in your rotation. Um, they do have some depth there, but uh, you know, it's certainly, if you miss, you know, Keller for an extended period of time, if you miss Danny Duffy, um, you know, that's going to hurt quite a bit. So I think they're going to, they're going to really need that. I think a lot of people have kind of pointed the same thing as, as a, a barometer success at Alberto Mondesi. Like mm-hmm. this is yep. year what six for him, really? <laughs> yeah. um, he he kind of needs to put it together. It's enough of like, oh yeah, he's got great talent, and he could be a you know a twenty fifty guy in the majors or even better. He can he can be an all star. It's like okay, he needs to play a full season first, yeah. and he needs to be like an above average hitter for that season. And and if he does that, man, he'd be a great player. He's a he's already a pretty valuable player. With his defense and his speed, if he can add a pretty good bat with that, I mean, that that's an extremely valuable player to have. So I think yep. if they're going to have some success, I think a lot of people kind of pointed the same thing. Like Adalberto Montesi has to have a pretty good season. Um, yep. And then after, other than that, I mean, I think just um, you know, no big surprises because uh, I think they have kind of like you said, they kind of have a higher floor than they've had in the past. Like this looks like a team that even if things don't really go that well, they'll probably win like 74, 75 games, which yeah. maybe doesn't seem like much, but that's an improvement over last year's team. And if things go really, really well, I think your prediction of 83 wins, I mean, that's not, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say that's a crazy thing to happen. I mean, like that, that'd yeah. be like, I'd be like, okay, some things went right for them and some guys develop uh, better than, you know, quicker than we thought. And, and probably Bobby Wood comes up at some point this year and gives them a spark. So um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun thing about this year is like, a lot of different things could happen this year. And a lot of them are good. I mean, like, even if Bobby Wood Jr. doesn't come up, they could be a pretty good team. I think mm-hmm. if he does come up and he's really an impactful player immediately, I mean, then then your expectations, I think, go up quite a bit. I mean, because yeah. you know, having him in the lineup um, and just the flexibility he, he provides and the bat he provides, the things he can do, um, gives you a lot of different possibilities. So it, that's what's, I think, just most fun about the season. It's like you can kind of close your eyes and dream about a lot of cool scenarios and, and, yeah. and uh uh, I think either way you look at it, it's going to be an improvement over last year. Hmm. Yep. I like it. That, and it's speak to your depth. It seems like they've had depth in the outfield the last few seasons when it's really a glut, like they had a glut <laughs> of four, four, a guys that, you know, maybe Brett Phillips can finally put it together. Maybe, well, maybe Bubba Starling, he's, he's got a great glove and good feet. Maybe he can hit 270 and stick in a lineup. And, but it doesn't seem like that. Like you're to your point for the starting pitching, these guys are legitimate expectations. It's not if it's win with a lot of these guys. And I think that's way different than what we've kind of seen in the last few seasons. Yeah. It's definitely a different philosophy when, you know, in the past they would have been like, you know what, let's see what Frenchie Cordero can do for you. Let's see mm-hmm. what, you know, Brett Phillips can do for you. Let's see what Nikki Lopez. I mean, the Nikki Lopez demotion is a clear indication that they're like, let's, we need to win now. We, we don't yep. have time to give Nikki Lopez 500 at bats to figure this out. Yep. And you know, he'll get some playing time this year. I'm sure he'll be back up. But they're not going to hand him the second base spot and say, "Okay, you got a long leash. We're going to we're going to let you work on your swing until you you know develop some power to, and, and and you know we'll give you a couple of years if you need to," um, because they they're like, "We need to start winning." And and and, I, and it's kind of a nice change of pace. I mean, I'm and all for, for you know I'm all for the rebuild when you want to audition guys, and I think there's a time and a place for that, and that was the last couple of years. Yeah. But it's kind of refreshing to see them say, "Okay, no, Andrew Benintendi's our left fielder." We know he's a solid major leaguer. He's going to get 500 at bats, 600 at bats, uh, and and we're not going to mess around with you know Frenchy Cordero and uh, you know giving guys a shot. So that that to me, I think that's the biggest change, and I think that's that's going to send a message not just 
uh, to those players, but, you know, but the whole team, like, you know, it's got to be frustrating for Whit Merrifield, who's a consummate professional and all-star level player to oh, be yeah. like, okay, we're going to give this guy 500 plate appearances to figure it out. <laughs> and I got to carry this line and I got to shuffle in between second base and right field yep. because, uh, you know, you know, we got to see what this guy can do. So now they're like, okay, Whit's going to play second and, and we got to figure it out. And Kyle belt seems like he's going to get a chance to play right. Um, yep. And they're going to, you know, and, and that's still kind of an audition, but it's going to the guy they think has more offensive potential. So definitely a shift in, in priorities. I think it's, I think that's another thing that's got fans excited because frankly, I think a lot of us were tired of like, Oh yeah. All right, let's, you know, let's wait, let's wait and hope and, and cross our fingers and hope that Frenchy Cordero and Nicky Lopez and all these other guys turn into something. And, Cause we played to win every game. No, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, sure. That's so, yeah, he's turning the corner finally, you know, it's like, right, okay. Yeah. You know, he has three good at bats. It's like, okay, uh-huh. he's turning the corner. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's just a different philosophy, different mindset now. And 100%. Um, it's just got people excited. It's got and fans like that. I think fans want to see a team that is putting an emphasis on winning. Yeah. 100%. So uh, going on those lines, uh, you mentioned some of the players I'll be asking about here shortly, but we've got some uh, fun over unders on oh, some right. season totals for some Royals players. And the first was one of the guys you mentioned, Ola Adabel Termondesi. I'm, if anyone's a longtime <laughs> listener, they know I'm on record as not a big fan of his bat right now. And I'm <laughs> not sure if he's ever going to get it going, but leave that for another, another day. So we have it set at over under 720 this year. And I think we need little... to preface this. This is the Zips depth chart projections. We didn't. We can come up with these, but they're not even going to be close to being accurate. So, <laughs> oh, I, I got to come up with this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to hear your over under on. on this. <laughs> but just for a little backstory, his career OPS is six ninety nine. Twenty eighteen, he did eight oh four, but then twenty nineteen seven fifteen and twenty twenty seven ten. So this year, what do you got? Over under 720. Yeah, when you first posed that to me, I was like, well, that doesn't seem like that should be that hard to, to get over. But then <laughs> uh, you're right. He hasn't done it the last two years. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, and it's always going to be harder with a guy like that because he, he just has such a low on-base percentage. Like 300 would be like a really good on-base percentage for him. So, you know, he's got to select 420, which, you know, you would think wouldn't be that. Uh, that, that should be achievable with his power. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take the over. I'm I'm – I'm, I'm probably not as uh, skeptical as you about Montessi, but I am kind of like, I don't think he's going to really a- achieve like the superstardom that some people kind of think he will, but yeah. he doesn't have to be great. He just has to be like a 720 OPS would be pretty darn good if mm. he's healthy for 130, 40 games. And he's a, has a 720 OPS and he has that power and speed or the speed in the defense. That's a four win player. Uh, and so I'll take the over like slightly, but uh, but I understand I understand your skepticism. <laughs> he doesn't uh, you know he gets himself out a lot and and you can't you can't post a sub two ninety on base percentage and have much success in the major league level. Big mm. pitcher's going to figure out right. just not to throw any strikes. So right. I'll take exactly. over, but but I'm cautious about it. Yeah, I, I've been I've been trying to get BK to bet me for uh, quite a while. <laughs> I I think we started off at like eight hundred last year, then it's been down to seven fifty or so, and I'm still yeah. just I'm asking. Come on, come on, BK. Well, you, you set want. the line right here, seven twenty. Uh, Zip set that line. That's not my line. Hey, <laughs> you you brought it up. <laughs> It's wild that right. he got. He still got close last two seasons, seven ten, seven fifteen. It seems like it was so much worse. 
Yeah, that's true. He does. He puts that superstar month together that really uh, yeah, he does. Up his numbers. <laughs> Very streaky guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number two, we've got Jole or Jorge Soler on K percentage at thirty percent, career twenty-seven point nine. That's lower than I thought it'd be. I would have thought it was higher than that. That's Me actually too. kind of surprising. Um, but last last year was thirty-four point five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the over on that just because strikeouts are pretty high right now. And he's a guy that probably is going to whip. And he's a little bit older, and I think guys are going to start to whip a little bit more as they get older. So I'll say I'll say the over. I'll take the over on that. But I, I think he can still have a good year with a 30% strikeout rate. Yep. Right. I, yeah, I was actually really surprised by that number, too. When I saw it, 30%, I think, oh, he actually was worse last year. How about that? <laughs> I think in spring training, it was like a 45. Take uh, that for just, what it was, but it was he's just trying to hit. He's just trying to hit light posts on uh, spring training. Hey, he's working <laughs> on some things, all right? Uh, yeah. Just yeah. We're, we, throw out, we throw out the bad season stats. They're, they're obviously spring bad. Spring training bad doesn't seasons. count. They're bad yep. numbers. Yeah, he's just going for he's yeah, just I, going, always, he's, I always love that about spring training. It's like we always just like – Get excited about the numbers that are good in camp, and then the bad ones. Oh, yeah, he's working on something. Yep, doesn't matter. Nope. Doesn't matter. He's good. All right, number three, Mike Miner. You mentioned him as having a uh, good impact on the rotation. Over under on innings pitched at one seventy six. And he did. He threw two hundred and eight in twenty nineteen. Hmm, that's a lot. Um, that is a lot. I, I I always take the under on innings pitched for pitchers just yeah. because a they can get hurt, <laughs> and b we're coming off a weird shortened year where I don't know how teams exactly are going to handle workloads. The Royals kind of talked about doing a six man rotation at one point. Then they said, well, the first two weeks we have so many off days. We don't need to do that. And I, and I still don't know. I mean, and then Matheny was talking about, Oh, we don't really need to baby them. Like we can kind of, you know, this <laughs> uh, that crazy to go from like 70 innings to 150 or 160, whatever. Uh, and I, I mean, the, the research is kind of unclear. It's like, we don't know if guys can ramp it back up quickly or not. I mean, it's kind of a myth or an urban legend at this point that you right. can't go from 60 to 160. I mean, certainly there have been guys that were hurt. They came back and, and through that the next season, but also they were hurt. So I don't, you know, I don't, we don't know. So I'm curious to see what teams do. I think teams will probably err on the side of caution. That's even goes for the Royals a little bit. So, and it may not be like they have a six man rotation, but just like minor only goes five innings in each mm-hmm. start, which, right. Matheny was kind of doing last year and he had a pretty quick, quick hook last year. So the days of guys going like seven innings a game, 200 innings. I mean, we may have seen the last of that anyway. So I'll go, I'll take the under on that. Call that the I think Dave those... Roberts strategy. Yeah. Kevin Cash. Yes. Pulling Blake Snell in the middle of the fifth inning. Uh, yep. That's, that's going to be the norm, you know, for a while. I, think so, um, yeah. I mean, there's one team that won't do that. I think Dusty Baker is still managing somewhere. So uh, there's one team that's going to throw a guy's eight innings a game. So we'll it's good for Greek. See, yep. see how many bullets he has out there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the number four, last of the list here, we got Josh Stomont. Walks per nine, seven. 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 His career in the MLB is 5.2. His triple A years, he had one one year over seven and two years under seven. You're basically telling me they're calling him a fraud. That kind of sounds <laughs> like what, what sounds Zips like. is get, is getting at there. <laughs> well, I mean, it is pretty amazing. He's gotten his walk numbers as down as down as much yes. as he has. I mean, I remember t- discussing him as a prospect a couple years ago, and it was just like, man, is this guy ever going to throw a strike? Because those walk numbers were crazy. Bonkers. Uh, and I don't know. They're 
I was trying to look for, for like uh, guys that had high walk rates in the minors that figured it out. And of course, Randy Johnson, I think is probably the guy that most people point to, but they just start, I mean, usually guys that can't find the plate never find the plate. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, unless they sacrifice a whole lot of velocity, which he hasn't mm-hmm. done. So it's pretty amazing. He's gotten his walk number down to where it is. So I'll take the under on that. I think it keeps it up. I think it is sustainable. I think he is for real. Um, I think he's figured something out. Uh, I hope he has at least because he's exciting to watch when he's on. Mm-hmm. And if he's walking guys, he's not going to last in the big leagues very long. So right. I'll take the under on that uh, and have my fingers crossed he can keep it up. All right. It's the first pitcher in a while the Royals have had that's been appointment television. I mean, oh, in yeah. our group chat, we yeah. we always send point. out Josh Stomont uh, alerts <laughs> to each other just so we can turn it on if we're not paying attention. Yeah, oh, he's the most gifable pitching ninja pitcher oh. on our team right now. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. That hammer. Oh, that hammer. Um, so we're going to change gears up a little bit. We're going to take away the crystal ball and we're going to, going to reach inside your brain a little bit. We're going to put on our amateur psychologist hats on. We're going to do a little mental exercise, get in the mind of Max, Max Wellington Reaper. I'm not, that's definitely not your name, but that's exactly my middle name. Okay. Good, 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 good. Nailed it. Nailed it. It was a great start here. Great start. So we're going to do this exercise. The first word that comes to mind when I say blank. We got a few of them here. I'm going to go with spring training. First word that comes to your mind. Uh, overrated. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just as far as like uh, stats and like, you know, getting excited about players. Like we do this every year just because like we're so thirsty for baseball. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, this guy popped six home runs in spring training. It's like, well, it's, it's like it's their exhibition games in Arizona where it's the weather's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they're playing every other day. You know, all these starters only play a couple innings every other day. And it's against uneven competition. Like, you're not facing Shane Bieber four times. You're not mm-hmm. you know, facing Blake Snell. You know, you're facing a you're maybe a one starter, a triple-A guy, and then a couple guys in the back of the rotation, the back of the bullpen. So, yep. uh, you know, the, the numbers aren't completely meaningless, uh, but they're pretty meaningless. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, I, and I love spring training. I love covering and reading the stories about it. I love getting excited about it, even though I know in the back of my mind, don't get excited about this because like Pete O'Brien was a Cactus League MVP. Yep, so, yep. Uh, but I, I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty overrated. I thought, I thought Pete O'Brien was for real. That's that was tough. That was a tough pill to swallow. Um, how about opening day? Uh, first, it's like one word. Uh, yep. Just, I guess oh. excited. I don't know. Oh, yep. Uh, I was going to say overrated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I'm like the guy that like goods all in for opening day. Like I will pay whatever amount of money to go. To, I go every year. I love the ceremony. I love the you know how you know great the, the stadium looks that day. Uh, I love that the stadium's usually full. It won't be mm-hmm. this Thursday, but it, you know usually it's full capacity. And in some years that was the only year that would be the case. The only day that would be the case. So I'm I'm all in for going to opening day. Um, uh, and I I love it. I know. A lot of people are like, it's overrated. Go the next day. It's the same stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm the sucker that pays that price. So mm-hmm. I think I saw today that uh, there were no more tickets through Royals.com. Right. So I think it's as sold out as it's going to be for at least opening day. Yeah. Tickets, plenty of tickets available for the next day. So <laughs> if you can't get in there for that, go for it. Uh, how about Kyle Isbell? Uh, Kyle Isbell. So... I want to say, so Jason Kipnis would be what first thing comes to mind. So mm. there's been a lot of comps thrown out. David DeJesus gets tossed out a lot, which I don't quite see. 
Yeah. Because David Hayes has had amazing walk numbers in the minors, and Isbell had pretty good walk numbers in the minors, but not amazing. And that, and look, his minor league season was cut short in 2019, and obviously he didn't have one last year. So maybe he would have put up great numbers there. Uh, but I, I think he's actually a different kind of player. I think he's more of a – he has a little more pop in his bat, and he reminds mm-hmm. me of Kip. This little, you know, they both played second base and played outfield. Yep. Um, they both seem kind of gritty, gamey, and I think I'm falling into the – they look physically similar, so they, they must be similar. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but I think he's, he's – I don't, I don't think he's going to be like a star, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he could be a solid corner outfielder who is a starter for a really good team. Um, maybe a little Cole Calhoun-ish, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of player. Maybe not as much, quite as much power as him, but a really solid defender. A guy can draw some walks, run a little bit, um, hit a little bit, uh, do a little bit of everything well. So uh, I'm pretty excited about the guy. He, I, this guy I was really high on when he, they drafted him. I thought it was a good idea to get a polished bat like that. I thought a college bat like that could rise to the system pretty quickly. And sure enough, it looks like he's going to. So, um, yeah, I think Kipnis is what I, I'm kind of expecting. But, you know, who knows? This – this year off, we don't know how these guys have been developing at the alternate site and, and right. uh, with their new hitting uh, system in the minor league. So these guys could be developing much differently than, than what we've seen in the past. And who knows what he turns into. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he puts he, what he does this year. Yep, I like it. Do, do, do you have um, an idea? Do you have any kind of favorite comp or like what? Like what do you I see? Mean, what kind of player do you see? Now? The the Cole Calhoun is a good one. Um, especially in the fact that <clears throat> Cole Calhoun always shows up on like fantasy projections, always in the top two or 300 guys. And then you look at it as like, am I really going to roster Cole Calhoun? Am I going <laughs> to draft him for like $6? No, but nah. I, I've been pretty high on Kyle's bell from jump street. Um, especially uh, last year when the reports started coming out, um, I haven't really got a like a person kind of zeroed in i've kind of always been under the de jesus uh mirage as well um i did see i think sean newkirk uh did a little he he at least tweeted someone else's comps and said something about grady sizemore and Mm -hmm. that was that was very interesting to me because brian and i both loved grady sizemore when we were growing up even though he's an indians guy we both thought that he was we thought the world of him so if he's getting grady sizemore comps then uh, it makes a lot of sense why i feel uh, uh, like the universe is telling me to love Kyle Isbell at that point. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great if you turned into that. I mean, uh, and I and I, I'm really curious to see his defense because I've heard some really. I guess oh. he doesn't seem like he'd be like tremendously athletically like yep. you know fast or anything like that. But I've heard really great things. Like he's a really he's a guy who can go get the ball, and you mm-hmm. know you'll need that cop in stadium. So I'm 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 really curious to see what kind of defensive player he is. He seems to be – you're talking about Stamont being a pitching ninja gifable pitcher. seems like Isbell's one of the better defenders that's going to be gifable in a few years. I think he's going to be very much uh, highly spoken on that part. And I hope he can hit uh, – it seems like he can definitely hit at this level and um, potentially be that gritty dude. So I hope that's the case. I, I don't want to be wrong ever, but definitely not <laughs> on guys that are special to my heart like Kyle Isbell. <laughs> <sighs> Let's move on to something else near and dear to my heart. Brisket Acho. First word coming to mind on Brisket Acho. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> brisket Acho, I have missed you so much. Uh, we've been away for too long. Uh, so I, my kids have never had it. Mm-hmm. And I told them about it the other day because I think they tweeted it out. <laughs> and they looked at it and they were like, they're like, their eyes popped out. And they're like, 
can we have that when we go to the uh-huh. game? Like, kids, we're all going to be able to. We're all going to be able to join. Nah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't know when I can bring them out and 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 we can all share it or whatever. I don't know what the rules <laughs> yeah. are on that. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be enjoying the brisket acho as soon as we can. Yep, I think uh, we're gonna after this we're gonna have a uh, draft of some uh Kaufman Stadium delicacies and uh, so I, I guarantee your brisket acho is pretty high on the draft boards of all three of us here that's, so, Mike, Mike, that's another thing they asked they're like what's your go-to uh-huh. uh at the, at the ballpark and um for me it's 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 the the, the brat I love the brats yep. classic and, uh, cheddar brat yeah well I I didn't send you this one in the prep beforehand but I've got one more give us the first <laughs> word that you come that comes to mind when you hear the clearing waivers podcast uh fantastic it's been around for 69 <laughs> episodes it's going strong uh it's entertaining dudes and other stuff and uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad you guys are on because uh i it's great that we have so many voices um about the royals and just in can't about kansas City sports there's people out there with their, their own blogs now their own podcast doing their thing and it, i think it's great i mean it's just, everyone's got their own thing everyone brings a different unique perspective to it i think you guys do a great job you keep it light, you keep it uh, funny, and you keep it uh, informative. Uh, so I think you guys do a fantastic job, and I'm, I'm, I'm always glad to be on here. I always have a good time when I'm on here with you guys. Yeah, That's we great. always enjoy having you for sure. That was an official job performance for everybody <laughs> for the Royals Review HR staff. That was an yep. official – put that in our permanent record. As long as you bring me back once every 69 episodes. Yes. Deal. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> easy. Easy peasy. We'll see you in about a year and a half, depending on our you know, life schedules. <laughs> Well, being that it's episode 69, we're going to bring a new segment alert to mm. this to the fine podcast here. Uh, we're going to call it Ball Street. Uh, in vain of uh, in the idea of Wall Street, we're going to give you a statement or it may or may not be a hot take and you can buy, hold or sell it. Hold it. If you're not ready to make a call on it, you want to see a little more before you make a call on it. Uh, so statement number one, Bobby Witt Jr. will be an everyday player for the Royals this season. I'm buying on that. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I've been, I was probably more skeptical than most fans when they drafted him, when he didn't perform that well, his first season uh, through even the spring training. Like I said, I think spring training is pretty overrated. So I was like, you know what, let's wait on this guy. But you know what? The highlights are pretty legit. I mean, he does <laughs> obviously have five tool talent. I see why people get excited. So excited. I, I mean, Jim Callis at MLB.com, who pretty reserved guy he said he's like the best shortstop prospect he's seen in like 20 years so that's something to get excited about so considering wander franco is in the right. world now is right. very interesting. he's a prospect now so um yeah i i think i think he's gonna be pretty close to he's pretty close to major league ready uh i i do want to see him get that um action in the minors first so i think let him go to double a for may and june and maybe even a little bit of july but i think after the all-star break there's probably gonna be a drum beat to get him up yeah, that's uh, so especially if the Royals are somewhat competitive. Yes, mm-hmm. sign me up. Another guy I want to get excited about for statement number two. We've talked about him plenty of time already. <laughs> Buy, sell, or hold. Alberto Montesi will get MVP votes this season, and I'm not talking about Royals MVP. <laughs> AL MVP. AL I'm MVP. Gonna sell um, I think the MVP vote tends to go to guys that are on really good teams or in big market teams or, or established players. If the Royals do improve a lot and Montesi has a good season, he could get credit for that. Uh, but like I said, I'm a little 
reserved on him. I think like he could be a good player, but probably not an MVP candidate. Like and it's hard to get MVP votes. You know, like Salvador Perez has only gotten MVP votes twice. Mm. Uh, once was I think in 2015. Once was last year. Yep, that's right. So it's not it's not that common to get MVP votes. So I'll I'll, I'll sell on that. Um, but if the Royals do improve a lot and Montesi is pretty good, then I think you will see some some votes at least down ballot. So all right. Third and final hot take here. Buy, sell, or hold. The Royals will be buyers at the trade deadline. Uh, that I will sell, but mm. I don't feel strong about that uh, mm-hmm. because I think if they are anywhere close, like five games within the wild card, which they could be at the All-Star break, or it could be by the end of J- July, um, then I could see them. They probably won't make a big move, but I can right. see them picking up a reliever. Like, it wouldn't be crazy to see them pick up uh, some depth you know uh i will say sell for now because i don't think they'll be in that position but it's it's not crazy at all to think that they would so and i think that's fair to i think that's fair to call it a sell too because that's exactly the scenario that i thought of at the deadline maybe they look for a reliever that somebody's got on a one-year deal kind of like we unloaded rosenthal last year i don't consider that being buyers at the deadline that's kind of just adding some pieces that's not necessarily a part of your future but yeah i'm totally with you on that yeah, and like in 2013, when they were uh, when they kind of first became competitive, like they weren't in it at all in July. At the end of July, like they were, I think they made a move to make a pick up someone. I think in August after the trade deadline, I want to say they got yeah. was that when they got Justin Maxwell maybe, um, and because so, that was when they got they had hot in August and that kind of got them into the race. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's what they're gonna do this year, but. Um, but, you know, I, just because they don't make a move in July doesn't mean that they won't be in the race eventually. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we've seen Royals teams kind of look pretty bad in the first half. In the second half, they look like gangbusters, and they, they make the playoffs. So, you never know. Well, here's the spin zone on why I'm selling. Because they're going to be in it, but they're just going to bring a Bobby Witt and Dana Lynch and Asa Lacey and J- Jackson Kowar. <laughs> and he, they're going to be the ones that are kind of pushing things over the edge. Upgrades yeah, within. Really That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Up. I think that's going to be like a trade deadline boost to them. And yeah. I think I think Dave Moore probably will have that kind of mindset. Like, look, we don't need to trade prospects for more pitchers. We got a couple of really good live. I mean, Daniel Lynch could break into the big leagues as a reliever. I think that's mm-hmm. possible. Ace Lacey could break into the big leagues as a, as a power lefty out of the pen. I think mm-hmm. that's that's definitely possible. And uh, that's probably better than picking up, you know, Tyler Clippard, you know, at age 36. <laughs> Great pull. Yeah. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good name. <laughs> Tyler Clippard. Oh boy. He did us a well, favor. I think that is everything we've got for you to, uh, tonight, Max. I encourage everybody who's listening to this. It, you might be, you're probably finding us through Royals reviews. So you know all about Max and uh, the great work that he does, as well as the rest of the writers over at RoyalsReview.com. Um, so I would encourage everybody who doesn't and hasn't been over RoyalsReview.com. Go to the site, check it out. We've got great content over there. Uh, if you're listening to us, you're probably going to find some kind of vibe that you're into over there. I write for them every now and then, uh, Saturday morning, do the rumblings. So if you like this podcast, you probably can find something at Royals Review that you do enjoy. And you love Royals, so go. I mean, you might as well be there anyway. So, uh, But, Max, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thanks again, man. Thank you. And I, like, I, like I said, like you guys do a really good job and I, I'm, I'm glad you guys are part of kind of our part of our network now of, of, of podcasts. And uh, you, like I said, like, I think you guys fit really well with kind of the 
sense of humor we have and, and the, the kind of the, the fandom. So uh, I do appreciate what you guys do and, and glad you guys are, uh, I'm always glad to be on whenever you want. So didn't even pay him to say that. Nope. Just a little bit. <laughs> <Didn't he? laughs> we can talk about payment after this. It's fine. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll be right back after this. Thanks again to Max Reaper for joining us again on the podcast. Always enjoy talking to him, uh, picking his brain. Like we said, sounds like we've got a healthy uh, season ahead of us, at least a very interesting one to start out with. We'll see where it goes. But um, you've probably seen a lot of people online talking and making a lot of predictions about how this year is going to go in general, not just about the Royals. I know Royals Review actually put out a poll as well to kind of see where the readers' minds are at. So we're going to kind of answer that poll ourselves. Uh, we're going to do it as quickly as possible. There are quite a few of them to go with here, um, but we're going to kind of get our uh, picks on the record so that we can keep track of them and laugh at each other for the stupidity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first one, we're going to start off same same order that is in the Royals Review poll. So if you want to go uh, check out that poll, uh, I think it's on Twitter, actually. It's on their handle. You can go find the link of it there. And if not, uh, you can certainly reach out to us. We'll find it to you. But we'll kind of go through in order as they are on that uh, that poll here. First one here is what Royals position player will lead the team in war wins above replacement? Um, Brian, I'm going to start with you. What do you got? We've talked about him a lot. This is his year, baby. Breakout year <laughs> for Mondi. Give me Mondesi. <laughs> he had the fir- worst first half you could ever have last year. Had a hot second last month. He was second on the team in war last year. So if he's hitting decent at all, this guy should lead this team in war if he can stay healthy. Yep. Shortstop, always a good position. Premium position. Sure. Kitty, where are you at? I'm going Hunter Dozier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Age 29 year, I believe. And Mm -hmm. the guy showed a lot of promise in 2019. Last year was kind of a lost year for him. So I'm going to. Hope he builds on 2019 and throws up a great season coming up. Yep. Right there with you. Zips project them to do the seventh highest war this season uh, among position players. But I agree. I think he's going to look a little bit like 2019, if not better, where he was worth 2.9 wins above replacement. Uh, right now, Zips has Salvi and Wit as the two leaders in wins above replacement at 3.2 and 3.1. So if he goes 2.9 and then just maybe over excels a little bit, he can certainly get above 3.2. So I like Hunter Dozier as well. Looked good in spring training. Very yep. good. Uh, moving on to the Royals pitcher who's going to lead in war. I'm going to kick it off with Mike Miner. We talked about it with Max a lot at, uh, prior to last season in 2019. It was very, very good. One of the more consistent ro- pitchers, especially on the Royals, uh, being very inconsistent. So I think we can throw last year out. Like we said, bad year, bad stats. We could throw them out. I think he's going to look more, way more like he uh, like he did in 2017, 18, and 19. Give me that Mike Miner as the leader in war. Kitty, where are you? Same spot. Mike Miner, who I have down as well. We're uh, two two. Some, look at us. Simpatico here. Yep. I was thinking Keller, and then I'll uh, – reminding uh, or remembering Lynn Worthy interview. He kind of talked me off the Keller ledge. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go, you know, Mike Miner, got a small veteran presence in the lineup or the rotation there, and I just – if he gets back to that 2019 season, I think that's, that'll do it. Yep. I like it. I think, uh, I think Witt and Keller are the popular two on that poll, but Brian, where are you? That makes sense. And I wanted to go hot or at least semi hot and, and take a guy like Singer. Cause I think he's going to have a really nice year. I just 
like we talked about, I don't know if he's going to get the innings pitched to lead the team in war. So for that reason, I'm going to take the safe pick in my mind, and that's going to be the Clydesdale. Clydesdale mm. Keller. I mean, <laughs> he's, he was the MVP of the team last year on the pitching side, and I think there's no reason to think that he's going to just become a different guy all of a sudden. I think he's actually getting better. As he's still a young guy, and he's adding yep. pitches and refining <clears throat> pitches and figuring out how his ball's cut still. Um and he, he's the ace of this team for a reason. And I know, you know, Lynn kind of pointed out small sample size as far as penciling him as the number one guy that you can count on every, every you know, fifth day. But that's exactly what he's been when he's been called upon to do that. So I, I see no reason that's going to change, and he'll remain the most interesting pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Something <laughs> I don't think we have covered too often is the fact that the, there's a rumor that the ball is going to be deadened yep. uh, this year. And if Keller, who's a ground ball pitcher anyways, doesn't strike a lot of guys out, he could eat up a lot of innings just by getting a lot of balls in play that aren't hit very hard. So yep. I think he can benefit quite a bit and actually come up uh, with that war for sure. Yep. Uh, no, no steroids and a dead ball. Good Lord, baseball is not 1920. <laughs> well, what's the matter? We're not going to be able to watch it anyway. Moving right. on. <laughs> How many, how many games are the Royals going to win here? I didn't write down all the options. I said, oh, I'll, Brian, we're going to do this kind of snake draft style, so you lead us off here. Okay, we started off the podcast asking what needed to go right for the Royals to have a winning season. And to me, I may be crazy, but remain relatively healthy, and I think this team's a winning team. Mm-hmm. I, I love this roster. I don't see a glaring weakness on it. Now that we don't have a glaring weakness at second base, seemingly, as long as everything goes as we assume, you're looking at maybe center field being the hit you know, lineup hole, and who knows what. That guy hit 1,800 OPS in spring training. Right. <laughs> maybe we don't have any holes in this lineup. I love our <laughs> pitching staff. I love the young pin. I love the young rotation. I've got them in the 85 to 89 range, and Ooh. I said – I said this team, I think this team's going to beat the 2013 Royals, and, and they went 86 yep. 76, right? That was the competitive season right before they actually became really competitive. I think this is the step that gets us too competitive, but doesn't quite get us in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring it up with Max, but I saw him tweet, uh, I think it was last night, talking about how this going into the season has 2013 vibes to it. So uh, definitely simpatico as well. Kitty, where are you at? I was not as bullish. I went with the 80 to 84 hey I that's still, bullish for you that's not that's it really yeah. is i I'm, but i'm at the low end i'm at 80 on that <laughs> okay <list. laughs> okay it's still a losing I, record i mean i think it's a it's still a huge step from 2019 and 2020 they're moving the right direction i like what they've done with santana and benintendi i'm just a little i'm still a little worried about the rotation hmm. i know they've got some good track record guys i just i'm not as I don't feel as great about the rotation as some people, Brian over here. But mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I think if everything goes right with the rotation, I could definitely see them getting into that 85 to 89 win range. So, but yeah. I just don't see everything breaking right for the rotation. So I'm staying at 80. Yep. Um, I went 83. Uh, I, I agree with, I think this lineup is kind of underrated, sneaky good. Uh, if you will, I think the rotation is going to be around average, if not a little bit above average. I think the weakness in this is actually the bullpen. Um, Brian, you mentioned that they were young. I think that's absolutely fair to say outside of Greg Holland, Wade Davis, Jesse Hahn. I mean, those are kind of some old balls guys, uh, depending on where you thought Irvin Santana fits into that mix as well. He's certainly in there too. Um, Zips has the 
lowest ERA in that bullpen is what Fangraphs is kind of projecting at the moment. Barlow would have the best ERA at 4.06 out yeah. of that group. Hate Not in the great. House. Not great. So if that's <laughs> the case, then the Royals are in a lot of trouble because the the rotation is not really set up to go seven innings every night. You're not, like Max said, you're not going to get that kind of performance from. So you need that bullpen to be consistent, be locked down, and, and be as good as they were last year. Um, I think Barlow, Stamont, Junis, and Holland are kind of the ones that you're kind of – for sure going to be dudes and then uh, and then it's a, the other guys have a lot of question marks on top of it so but mostly um, shove it up your ass zips <laughs> i think <laughs> i think that's the moral of this podcast episode 69 <laughs> titled shove it up your ass zips there it is <laughs> featuring max reaper um so <laughs> that's kind of how we're thinking about the royals doesn't sound like anybody's got them uh going to the playoffs but we'll have to check on that in just a second here we're gonna go through the winners of the divisions and then the wild cards of both the american league and the national league starting off with the al east i have the rays winning the east because every time you think that they're gonna walk through a gauntlet and just get smashed they said nope I'm going to go ahead and make this competitive and make the playoffs despite walking this gauntlet. So I think that they uh, are going to bounce off of uh, what they did last year, uh, their postseason performance, and then uh, roll it into some momentum to win that AL East. Kitty. Tampa to do it. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty, Kitty and me. It's ridiculous. It's so good. <laughs> That's wild. Yep. <laughs> Brian. Well, I hate it, but I got the Yankees. I, I just think they're too loaded on uh, the the rotations, really good, and that lineup. Mi- even missing Luke Voigt for a while with a torn yep. meniscus, that lineup is still terrifying yep. when you're going against it. So, I think if they can, you know, avoid just this horrible injury luck that they've had the past few years, I think they're going to be a nasty, nasty team to face off against. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's move west to the Central, AL Central. Who you got? I think it's the White Sox time. I, I want to go to war with their fans and say we're, we're coming for that ass, but they're just <laughs> too good. And, I, I mean, even when they lose Eloy Jimenez for seemingly the entire year with the torn you know, peck or whatever the hell it was, um, they've added pieces of that team that was already lethal. And I think they leap the, the Twins this year. Uh, the Twins, I think they'll be, they'll be good again this year, but I think the White Sox have enough firepower to overtake them and take the, the division. Okay. Kitty? Same thing. And I was just, uh, they've got the guy everyone loves to hate and Adam Eaton. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> including, the, including their own clubhouse sometimes. <laughs> That's so true. I, I am also going White Sox. I will say with a small caveat that I don't think that this team can afford very many injuries because they just added Billy Hamilton and Jake Lamb, two guys that were not able to find roster spots elsewhere. <laughs> they're currently on, they're projected to be on their bench. And if they take another injury, they got Andrew Vaughn to kind of replace Elo Jimenez out in left field that I, I really like Andrew Vaughn. So I think that that's a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid sub. If they lose another guy and they have to give meaningful at bats to Billy Hamilton and Jake Lamb, that's going to be tough. Let's go. Going to be go. tough. Man, Just Jake saying. Lamb fell on hard times quickly. Sure like did. He was a solid guy two years ago. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember when the, he was a, a shoe in to be on the Yankees roster and gonna gonna put up big numbers in that that sh- uh, uh, short porch. 
not the case um <laughs> let's head further west to the al west i got the a's i think they are as solid of the lineup as the chicago white Sox, if not a bit better i think they're a bit deeper uh they do have some also some interesting prospects that could help them make the jump whenever they need them to um shout out to jesus lazardo uh but i think the a's take the west and, and edge out the angels and the astros kitty what do you got yeah we got to Finally got a difference here, Josh. I'm okay. taking the Angels. Taking uh-huh. the Angels. Yeah. This is this is the year. We got a six-man rotation. Got Otani coming in every six days to throw 100 mile hour gas right past people. This is the year he finally becomes the stud two-way player we all expect him to be, or at least a lot of people expect him to be when the Angels <laughs> sign. Right. So this is Otani's year with the Angels. They're winning that West. He's still like 26, right? Something. He's yeah. still very young. <laughs> he might be 17 still. Who knows? <laughs> they signed him real young. Yeah, they did. Brian, AL West. I got the Astros. And mm. I, oh, there we go. I hate that, but uh, I mean, I, I like the A's. The A's always seem to grind it out and find a way to get to the playoffs. It seemed like last year the A's were like, all right, you sons of bitches, this is our time. We're going to take <laughs> this over. And then the Astros – that no no little brother this is Uh we're still the kings of this division so uh i hate it but the astros lineup is still too good they get they get jordan alvarez added back to this kyle tucker had a breakout year last year i mean michael brantley's back i got major questions about that rotation Mm -hmm. they're not going to be as dominant as they were with verlander and garrett cole up there i mean grinky's their one now so there's definitely a step back there i still think that rotation is going to be good enough to to win the division though Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Okay. Kitty, AL West. Or I'm sorry. We need to go to AL wildcard teams, don't we? That's right. Yep. On the AR wildcard teams, give me two, Brian. This is quick. Like I said, A's grind it out. They find a way to get the, the playoffs. And I think the Twins haven't hit that cliff yet. But next year, the Royals are coming for that ass, baby. We're taking over <laughs> your spot. Twins going to fall off the cliff, and it's our time next year. Okay. I like it. Kitty, two wild, wild cards. I've got the Yankees and Oakland A's. That's my wild card teams. I feel like they're they're right there. They're both teams should can easily win the division as well. So I feel like those two are the inside track there. My just out of it was the Blue Jays. That's where I'm at. I'm at the yep. Yankees and the Blue Blue Jays. I think yeah, okay. like you said, the the one thing about the Yankees that we haven't talked about is since 2002, the 2019 Tigers had like 1,546 Ks. And I think this Yankees lineup could give them a run for their money. I think that they have a tendency. They can still, they can set that record, still score seven runs a game. That's how good this lineup is. Um, But I think that they could be real exciting as far as going for that record of uh, strikeouts in a season. We'll see. We'll see. But But baby Jays are very fun. I just, I tell you what, I wonder about the pitching. They can, they can certainly make it interesting uh adding marcus simeon and george springer to that already pretty potent lineup was huge Mm -hmm. um but then after rue and who's the second starter there's a second robbie ray might be in there i don't know stripling's in there i mean that team's gonna as i'll have a lot of seven to nine nine to seven games yeah or lose it steven matt's tanner roark and anthony k yeah yeah that's that's not getting it done that's not a postseason run uh (laughs) rotation not what that is i always think that but then you think back to the 2014 royals starting rotation that made the world series chris young and jeremy guthrie <laughs> they're they're an exception to literally every rule yeah exactly that's, that's it that's, that was the one year that, that nothing should that should never have happened but it did uh-huh. 
Yeah. And thank God they did it back the next year. Yeah. That that's not a brutal. fluke. <laughs> brutal. Uh, let's move to the National League here. National League East starting off. I got the baby Braves. I don't know if we can call them baby Braves anymore. They are uh, three-nager Braves maybe at this yeah. point. There you go. Um, but if that NL West wasn't so stupid stacked, I would take them to win it all. I really, really like them. They're going to rely heavily on a lot of prospects taking a step forwards. Um, which is kind of a lot of ifs, but they were already in the NLCS last year. So giddy up. Let's give me the Braves to win the East and, and make the playoffs again. Kitty. Shocker. Same one. Braves. Yep. Let's do it. Here we go. Let's make three it a thruple. Three. Let's yep. make it a thruple. I love Let's the baby it. Braves. <laughs> they were already good last year. They had Charlie Morton to the rotation. Yeah. And the, I mean, they got exciting young bats and they've got exciting young arms and yes. they're going to be very good for many years. <clears throat> yep. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, NL Central, Brian. I hate it, but the Cardinals are going to win the Central Division. <laughs> this division is a, a disaster. Uh, yeah. Everyone that was good decided, hey, let's just get rid of all of our good players or we'll just hang on to <laughs> enough of them that we might be 500, but we're not going to be competitive. And the Cardinals said, let's go get Nolan Arenado for nothing <laughs> and let's just win this bitch easily. And I think that. Yeah. I mean, the depth of the staff, it, it can, can kind of be a question mark uh, after sure. you get past Flaherty and, and Wayno. Um, after that, it gets kind of sketchy sometimes, but I think the lineup's going to be really good when you got Goldie and Arenado in the top four of your lineup. That's, that's sick. That's potent. That's about as good as a, a three, four gets, I think, at that yep. point. Kitty? I'm going Brewers. Ooh. I think the division's wide open. Cardinals, Brewers. And not Reds are probably the three top teams in this division looks like this year. Ooh, some disrespect but I'm going, to the Cubs. I know. My, my, my childhood squad, the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm taking Brewers. I think they're going to – the Brewers are going to go for the Royals uh, version of a, a winning team with that pitching and defense. Yeah. Hitting, yeah, we'll get, we'll get a little – we'll get enough. <laughs> uh, well, it'll happen. Right. Somehow it'll happen, but pitching and defense is going to carry the Brewers to the NL Central title this year. Let's okay. Go. Which is weird because the defense is what kept them out two years ago. Was that what it was? Oh man, was it last year? Oh god, it was. Some, yeah, they've had some <clears> those <throat> tough luck. Real, yeah, that was stuff. not great. Um, oh, that- I went Cardinals. I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> NL West. Also, don't want to talk about Dodgers. I don't want to talk Dodgers. About Dodgers. I'm glad right. that they won one, so we can go back to hating them. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> now that they're starting to now that they're starting to flex their financial muscle, it's definitely time to hate on the Dodgers. They're just now starting to do that. Just now. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, as as far as like the the, the Bauer and the Mookie Betts, those two moves this extension. offseason, extension and the I mean, Bauer we t- signing, they they were they've done a pretty good job of homegrown talent on that. Oh, team. for sure. Yep. Yep. So now it's like, oh, we can also spend <laughs> right seventy five million <laughs> in free agents every year too. So. Yep. That was cr- we talked about it last year how the run differential, the gap between them and the second best team was huge. And yeah. then they go out and add the Cy Young winner. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Gross. In a wild card team, Brian. Give me two. I got, of course, the Padres. I feel like they're a no brainer. They may challenge the Dodgers for the division, but I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go Washington Nationals with a bounce back year. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Because I think that lineup's sneaky with Juan Soto, Trey Turner in there, and Josh, they still Josh have and they still have Scherzer, Corbin, yeah. and Strasburg at the top of that mm. rotation. That's still a could be a dominant rotation, and not yep. one you'd want to yeah. face in the playoffs if you if you face them either. Because you got those three guys going in the playoffs, you better get some runs across the board. Oh, for sure, <laughs> they're nasty. 
I, the last year was such a weird year for them. I cannot believe how bad they were considering they still had that lot, that roster. Two years weird. removed from a world series championship. Right. Unbre- unbelievable. I mean, Rendon was great and all, but yeah, he wasn't the difference maker. <laughs> right. He's not the guy between 98 wins and 78 wins. I wouldn't think so. Uh, you gave us two. Yeah. You gave us yep. two. Kitty, yep. what's your two? I have Padres and the Cardinals. Mm. Wait. Enough has oh, been said right. about those two. That's right. Yeah. Um, I went Padres as well, adding Darvish and Snell. Ridiculous. I think they they did a good job winning the offseason, I think. And uh, they can also probably add McKenzie Gore, one of the top prospects in the league, uh, probably the best pitching prospect uh, in the league as well. They're probably going to add him as a 2021 as well. I uh, don't think they're good enough to take the division from the Dodgers, but I think that they could most definitely knock them out. I think they could mm-hmm. certainly get to that point. And I'm going to do it. As long as they don't do it to themselves, the Mets have a very good roster. <laughs> very oh, good. Oh, they're also the Mets. They are also the Mets. So uh, <laughs> we're going to, well, this is the, uh, what's an unstoppable force meets an un- immovable object. <laughs> exactly. Can the, Mets, can the Mets defeat the Mets? Do you realize what you just did? You just signed yourself up to be a Mets fan. I didn't year. sign up to be a Mets fan. I'm you, just saying. You're going to root for your prediction to be right, and they're going to kick you in the nuts just like they do all their fan base. That's fine. I'm not a fan, so it's not going to harm me. I'm just like, okay, I'm wrong again. B- big whoop. <laughs> Move on. Big whoop. What else is new? Um, <laughs> we got the World Series matchup and the winners. I got the Padres over the Rays, I think I'm not Ooh, confident in that Rays pick. I think that they gotta gotta do a lot even to win their division. But like I said, I'm not rooting against them. I do think this is the second year that they lose to an NL West team, but it's different. So I got Padres over the Rays five games. Okay, calling that shot to Kitty. I'm going Padres over the White Sox Ooh, in a seven a game series. Matchup. Give Ooh, me, all, I, I'm a Padre super fan now. They're my new adopted team. I love me some Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just glorious. That those yellow dreads and that it just matches his uniform now. And they yeah. wear their brown and yellows. Oh, give me some Padres this year. I can't wait. Who'd have thought a jersey was going to be so awesome when they wear those <laughs> pinstripes? It's awesome. I know. Legitimately, it's so awesome. good. It's a great uniform. If anybody wants a fun Saturday night, about let's say 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, just slide into Kitty's Twitter mentions and say Michael Trout is the GOAT, and he will fight you and give you so many Fernando Tatis stats, he will come through that ass. Brian. Well, I think MLB gets their wet dream, and we see a Dodgers-Yankees World Series. And I think the Dodgers – Slap them around a little bit and say, we're your daddy. And they win it in five. (laughs) If that is the matchup, I will root for the Dodgers, even though I don't like either team anymore. Right. You can't root for the Yankees. I'll root for MLB blackout rules. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Fox. Fox has decided that you are not in the viewing area any longer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Josh's season is over. Brian, you start us off with the AL MVP prediction. Well, I might as well go with the goat. His name's Mike Trout, Josh. Mm-hmm. The guy, I, I saw his stats. His career OPS is an exact 1,000. Mm-hmm. And he had a disappointing <laughs> year last year, and he only hit 993, <laughs> finished fifth in voting. 
So I think I'll go with the best player in the game to have a bounce back year and establish dominance (laughs) once again. That's so stupid that it's a bounce back, but it is. It really yeah. is. <laughs> Kitty, what's your AL MVP prediction? I have Trout as well. And I saw an article on MLB.com about who could be the next great player in MLB to overtake Trout. And they had five guys in their 162-game war, or the last 162 games each one, everyone's played. Trout had one and a half at least on every, every single guy they were mentioning to take over. Like, yeah. That's a lot to take That's over. How good he is. Yeah. I mean, his, his was, I think, 9.2 or 9.6, can't remember exactly, but he was so far and above the best player for the last 162 games that he played versus everybody else. It's Jesus. ridiculous. Yep. He's very good. I, too, went Mike Trout. Just the goat in his prime, it ain't losing. Um, so, yeah, give me Mike Trout. NL MVP. I'm going NL version of Mike Trout. Ronald Acuna. I think he takes a step forward on a, what he's already done. He almost put up a 40-40 season in 2019. Last season, on pace for 49-28. and 28. Um, So if he's taking a step forward in that, then he is 100% going to be hands down the NL MVP in my mind. Kitty? Yeah, that sounds really good. I went with uh, Christian Yelich. I'm going to have get him a bounce back here after his really terrible average in 2020. And if my, if the Brewers win that central, I think he's a prime candidate to get that NL MVP. Good point. Yep. I like that. And uh, if he's in that race, he's almost a shoe-in for comeback player of the year at that point then, for sure. Right. Same. Yeah, exactly. Brian? I'm with you, Josh. I got Acuna. Um, I mean, we people don't realize, because he's become a household name by now, he's 23 years old this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane what he's done already. And they say that he's made a tweak to his swing that he can get to pitches he was fouling off last year and he can actually put them in play this year. So it's terrifying that that guy may be even harder to get out. And I love Acuna. I love watching him play. They're going to win a lot of games. Like we talked, you need to be on a winning team usually. I think they're, he's going to be in prime shape to, to get the MVP. I was going to look. I saw something today that kind of jumped out to me. His walk rate in 2020 was 18.8. That's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. That is, pretty yeah, good. not not chasing at all nope. right there. Nope. And he leads off so many games with solo home runs. <laughs> Love it. Do not throw that piped fastball to Ronald no. Acuna Jr. The, old, uh, start off the, the new the new Ricky B. Ricky just hitting That's those right. lead off home runs. <laughs> yep. Uh, Brian, A.L. Cy Young winner. Uh, going outside the box here with Lucas Giolito for uh, the White Sox. Even yeah. though I'm down on the White Sox. <laughs> uh, you are? Up... I don't think you've ever mentioned that before. That's weird. Uh, the... <laughs> he was kind of up and down his first few seasons in the league, but he's kind of established himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball the past couple of years. Finished seventh in the Cy Young last year, and I think he could just take a leap forward this year. Again, he'll be on a winning team where they'll count wins, even though wins shouldn't matter for starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. But that's, a, that's to be discussed another day. I think that's yep. true, Kitty. I agree. I'm, I'm going Shane Bieber. I I mean, the guy strikes out like 12 guys per nine as a starter. That's pretty damn solid. And yep. I mean, it's going to be could be tough with the uh, being on that Indians team that might not be that great this year. But I feel like there's been a slight shift in some of the voting. If a guy doesn't have the wins, he still gets some consideration. Mm-hmm. So if he can get, he probably still needs to get to about 13 wins or just have a dominant ERA to get that. But I like Shane Bieber. 
Um, I think I'm going to check all the boxes with wins, ERA, big market, Garrett Cole, I think is kind of, kind of the guy, um, didn't really get a chance to flex his muscles too much in that 60 game season last month or last year. So I think he's going to take it almost personally, uh, that he didn't get to show off a little bit and, uh, he's going to start, uh, shoving for sure. So that's give fair. me Garrett Cole. Um, I'm not going to stick too far away from the chalk on the NL side, young Jake DeGrom. I mean, <laughs> until, until he's unseated, you gotta, in order to be the man, you've got to beat the man. So give me Jake DeGrom. Uh, I know that I guess Trevor Bauer did technically beat him last year. No big deal. Um, give me Jake DeGrom. So that's what I got. I'm, Kitty. I'm, I'm taking you Darvish. Ooh. Like he's going to dominate for those, uh, for the Padres this year. Man, when they when they only win eighty games, you're gonna be real pissed. It's gonna be a little bad. <laughs> it's not gonna be good. I'm right there with Kitty. I got you, Darvish. He was the runner up last year. Ooh, okay. And now you send him to San Diego, where it's just like that atmosphere there just seems so fun to play on that team. It's so like loose and let's let's go out there and win. And there's no like added pressure on people. The fan base, even though they're excited to win, I think this year, I don't feel like that's gonna be just like they'll get on they won't get on him if he has like a tough outing. So I don't think he's going to get in his head that much. And we saw him against the Royals in spring training. It was one of the few games we got to watch. He was throwing Frisbee up towards it. I mean, they're growing all different ways and about uh-huh. a thousand miles an hour, it seemed. Yep. That's uh, I think that's fair. Let's uh, let's go to the AL rookie of the year, Brian. I wanted to get hot take here, but. I mean, I see a, Randy Rosarena is still eligible for Rookie of the Year. Somehow. And after, after watching him in that postseason run last year, uh, I wanted to think, what well, this must be like a fluke, right? He can't be this good of a hitter. But you go back and look at his numbers in every level of the minors, this guy has been an awesome hitter. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see anyone else getting the opportunities. And he's already kind of established himself as a legit player. So I think he comes into the season with full confidence, not needing to prove himself anymore. And he just let it go. So I think a Rosarena is a, a safe bet to win. Okay. Kitty. I'm going to go Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, okay. yep. No, I don't know any of these rookies that well, but <laughs> so I'm just taking a real stab in the dark on this one. I feel yep. like there's a lot of hype around his name. So I just, yeah, we'll take this guy. Okay. Yep. Good, good story. I like that story at Mountcastle. I would love to root for him for sure. Um, speaking of guys you'd like to root for, I'm gonna bring the heat here. Give me Bobby Witt Jr. Oh, Rookie there we of go. the year for the American League. Um, I, one of the biggest issues I have is I think that you got to have a good sample size most of the time in order to be considered that. So I think that's his number one obstacle is is getting to that point. I agree with Max Reaper. I think he eventually ends up the end of the year as an everyday player. I don't know where. could be a lot of different options. But I think he does end up an everyday player and then puts up what we kind of think what he can do, what we've heard he can do, what he's been doing at all sites, summer camps and spring training, hitting 484-foot bombs. I think it all translates into a very uh, – probable or likely or at least possible rookie of the year campaign so give me a little bobby witt jr for that rookie of the year okay i got a mini rant here i love the bobby oh. witt jr pick my problem is i don't think he's going to get the bats we already talked about a rose rain is going to play the entire year and probably put mm-hmm. up great numbers bobby witt jr could put up great numbers but i think at 
best case scenario, you see him two months into the year because minor leagues start a full month after major leagues. And then to become quote unquote undeniable to not have up on the team, I think he'll probably have to dominate for a full month in the minor leagues before they even consider it outside of an injury. And the whole reasoning for him going, getting demoted to minor leagues, these Dayton Moore quotes about he only had a chance to have two weeks of second base. Like we didn't have this idea that we had a glaring hole up potentially at second base. As soon as <laughs> it just occurred to them, as soon as Carlos Santana was signed to first base, that told them Hunter Dozier's playing third base or right field for this team. So they, they were not ready for Bobby Witt Jr. to be ready to play on mm-hmm. this team because they <clears throat> shoved him over at second base and said, let's see if you can just play second base naturally instead of as soon as that signing happened, let's get a plan in place to where, where can you fit into this team You know, going forward? It was just like they went into mind, spring training with the mindset of let's expose him to major league guys. Let's put him through a spring training, show him what it's like, and then we'll send him to the minors and we can work out wherever he works best. And they're, they did not come in planning to be ready that he, he was going to be ready. And I feel like they went scramble mode at the end. That's why we saw him go up to the very end until he got demoted because he wasn't ready to play second base every day. And that just pisses me off that they didn't have a plan for him going in that to even give him a chance to make it, even if you dominate spring training. And now they're talking like we're going to send him down to the minors and we're going to play him all over the yard and kind of see what happens. And it's like, it's good for like, it's nice for when good players are versatile, right? It's nice that Whit Merrifield can play in the outfield. It's nice that Doja can play everywhere. But the way we're people are talking about this guy, he's a superstar. You need to figure out where he's best and go from there. Mm-hmm. He needs to claim a position and then move somewhere else. Somebody else gets to move chain reaction from there. But they need to put him in spot where they think he's going to be the best of his career going forward. Screw the versatility part. The guy is a ball player. He can play all over the field. I know he can Let's dial in on where he can help this team best with this with this wave because he's he's going to quickly become the guy on this team here in a couple of years. Mm. So let's let him establish dominance of whatever position that is. Hunter Dozier can play a perfectly good right field. He's not a dominant third baseman. If he's going to be a gold glove third baseman, let's go in that direction and let's get this train rolling and get a plan. You're going to be agree. real pissed when, he, when his big – position is going to be shortstop and then Mondesi <laughs> has his breakout season and then you're like okay someone's got to make a choice now I mean this is going to be the mini rant in August to be like <laughs> somebody funny. flip a coin I don't care somebody's got to you, go you move a rod to third base and everyone's happy so yeah. that's exactly where my head's been this whole time like <laughs> when I always I always thought that Bobby Witt was going to be the third baseman Moss who's going to be a shortstop and now there's been reports where uh, Mondesi wants to sign an extension. They've been working on it. He loves the Royals organization. The Royals love him. Obviously, if they get that done, then you almost have answered your question. You put Bobby Witt Jr. at third base. That's the, the second most valuable outside. If you're going to shove him to the center field, do it. I'm into yeah, that as well. I am totally down that. with that. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so uh, we need to – I agree. I, we need to get that figured out, get Bobby there, get their playing reps regularly – and uh, figure out where he's going to end up long-term. Rant Let's over. go back. Let's go back. Uh, <laughs> we got one more here, the National League Rookie of the Year. I went with Key Brian Hayes. There's like there's like five or six guys that I could totally see uh, putting up a good campaign for an NL Rookie of the Year award, but I do think Key Brian Hayes is going to win it in Pittsburgh. 
He had an 11-24 OPS in 24 games last year, or in 2019. Then he followed it up. I'm sorry, that was in 2020. He had 24 games in uh, 2020-11-24. In spring training, he hit 11-55 OPS in 52 spring training at-bats. He didn't lose any momentum. It's only getting carried over, and he is a hell of a hitter. So give me Kid Brian Hayes as the NL Rookie of the Year. Kitty? I'm going pitching side. I'm going Ian Anderson for the Braves. Mm, I like it. Guy was lights out last year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if he came up a little bit in 2019 or not, but I just the guy was lights out last year. I, if he, he's gonna, he keeps it going. I think it's going to be a, it's tough for a pitcher to win Rookie of the Year just a little bit, just because you know the only every five days, but he's got a good shot for it. I like it, Brian. I'm right there with you. I I got Ian Anderson. He only got six games started last year, but he had a 1.95 ERA, 1.082 WHIP. 11.4 strikeouts per inning, a 2.51 ERA plus. So if he anywhere close to that, <laughs> yeah. he won't only be going for rookie of the year. He'll be going for Cy Young if he's anywhere sniffing that. So he's got the sexy numbers. He was the number three overall pick in 2016. He's got the pedigree. Let's go, Ian Anderson. Like I said, there's probably like five or six guys in the NL that I think could have definitely do that. And I think there's only maybe two or three in the American League that I can kind of envision that. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that for sure. But uh, Let's get clear that table. We've cleared the waiver successfully. Let's get into the waiver wire draft. We got a good one here. So we've got opening day coming up in just a few days on Thursday. The Royals are having a home opener on opening day for the first time in a couple of years, seemingly. Um, Fans are going to be allowed to go into the stadium and get their favorite snacks at their favorite locations. We took a little dive into the um, menu at Kauffman Stadium. You find it at MLB.com slash Royals slash ballpark slash food to find what we're kind of working with here. But we're going to have a draft of our Kauffman Stadium menu. We're going to have one main dish, one snack one appetizer those are different and then one what they have on the website called social space uh they got a few areas that are kind of called out specifically for uh in case you kind of want the game that you want to pay to go watch a game and have it going on in the background uh while you socialize for some reason um so we're going to have that draft you can draft any of those things in any order that you want to um you can kind of just use your own uh judgment on that call but i haven't gone first in a while Let's do it. And if I'm going to treat myself, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I'm going to go kind of a controversial pick here. Um, Shocking. I know. I'm going to go for my location first, my social space. Okay. One of my favorite places to sit in that stadium is just on that outfield wall. So give me that Pepsi party porch and that, that railing with the bar stool seats, um, I, I just love the view out there. You kind of you don't have thousands and thousands of people sitting on your shoulders. You don't have to worry about anybody like crowding you or anything. So give me that Pepsi party porch as a fat guy trying to get uh, get some get some heckles in on a good outfielder out there. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's just keep your kitty. You go second. All right, I'm going with the snack because this is the thing I love the most of the ballpark, and I want to get it saved away. I'm taking a frosty malt. Mm. give me that damn frosty malt i love it ever since yep. i was a little tight going to cough cough or not back then it was just like i don't know the royal stadium what they called it before 
Uh, but at the municipal stadium back in like nineteen sixty-five. I wasn't going in nineteen sixty-nine to <laughs> municipal stadium. <laughs> but the old, uh, the old frosty malt, the old GA seats out in the outfield before the mm-hmm. revamped stadium. Oh, love a frosty malt that wooden spoon, that so canoe good. paddle spoon. Oh, it's so good. Underrated spoon. Oh Brian, my God. you guys are really just going to let me fair catch yeah. this punt You're right into fair my catch lap. Uh, yep, yep. Fair right catch. Your... Give me the brisketacho, baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you think of food at Kaufman, that's all you can picture. You yeah. get the barbecue nachos in the plastic helmet. And it even if you've already had one, if you see somebody walking down the aisle with one, you're like, I kind of want to get another one of those. 100%. Things. Yeah. So brisketacho. Uh, as I never had it. Oh no! Wow, I get a souvenir also, helmet to go with it too. So I it's also not just looked at I looked at the ingredients and I saw coleslaw and baked beans, and that just really just made me mm, not real <laughs> excited about this brisket acho. Yeah, I know. I'm a it bad baseball fan. I'm a bad. Go, I'm a jerk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> real jerk. Go get a brisket acho <laughs> right now. That's right. <laughs> Brian's so I, kick it off round two. I mean, this is a dream for me because I get the number one main dish and I'm going to take the number one baseball snack in the world. Give me that big bag of peanuts because <laughs> I love peanuts. They go great with a nice cold beer. And there's something I enjoy about just making a huge mess on the floor and just dropping those peanut <laughs> shells. Just crunching there, all those after I go in and out to the bathroom and getting beers. There is something to be said about just being able to just drop peanut shells where you stand. Oh, yeah. Have, have no care in the world about the mess you're making. That is a nice feeling. It's kind of like peeing off your back porch. <laughs> Except for some retired teacher with bad knees doesn't have to clean up your pee off your back porch. <laughs> I didn't make them work that job. Well, you're making their job harder. They can go home baseball, to their family. Do you want me to eat the shells then? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Uh, yeah, eat the shells. You, oh, I mean, Jesus. Get, get tough, Nancy boy. Come on. If you suck on peanut <laughs> shells. You are a serial killer, by the you way. Don't suck on them. You chew on them like a shrimp tail. No. No, no. You suck on the shells, and then you open them up, throw them on the ground, and eat the nuts. Out you guys are just going to let me get away, get away with that, huh? Wait, too Why much would salt. You, wait, wait. That's the whole point of the peanut. But for the salty shell, way too much salt. Sure. Then you have the beer to quench your thirst with the salty right. shell. Let me get you more. with some sunflower seeds then. <laughs> well, if they start selling those at the ballpark, sign me up. You oh, can't let you bring you those can't in. Spit those without getting them on people. You bring uh, them this, back. You have to pick them out of your mouth like a jerk. Like a jerk. <laughs> no, you spit them like a man. If I hit somebody. Those are willy-nilly. They'll fly all over the place. You, got bad I can aim. you can spit out, spin them out on the Pepsi party porch. Anything goes out there. <laughs> That's true. That's a good way to get that space first. Yep. You guys, you guys didn't even know what you just did. I just, I mean, the whole, the world is my oyster out there on the Pepsi party porch. Kitty, what's your second pick? All right. I'm actually, I think I'm going to go. I like that. I'm going to go the uh, Miller Light Fountain Bar is my second pick. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a great location. You're not so far out of the way or so far out of the action where you can't pay attention. But if you don't want to pay attention, you're not going to get hit now with the ball coming at you. Mm-hmm. Pepsi Party Porch has a real uh, possibility there. Could, yep. But it's just it's just a nice little area out there in uh, the left field, just outside left field over, over the top of the stands. So just where you like hanging out there. Used to have greyhounds out there. I don't have them anymore. Real uh, – <laughs> 
terrible move, Kaufman Stadium. <laughs> they were the grapefruit juice. How dare they? <laughs> Maybe you can bring some of your lifetime supply of white grapefruit juice from last week. Well, let's mm-hmm. hope so. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send a letter to Dayton Moore, too sweet. After this there you over. go. Don't worry about the MLB blackout rules. <laughs> yes, third time I'm bringing it up. It's a big <laughs> issue. <laughs> He's not putting uh, liquor into his binocular flask he's he's putting white grapefruit juice in there exactly Just give me some vodka on the rocks please that's a that's an ace move right there <clears throat> what a flash like there. yeah full of grapefruit juice obviously what's the problem what's the problem here uh i'm gonna go next with my i'm gonna go my main dish but there are pub nachos they have mm-hmm. like uh it's just like a regular old nacho but it also has like barbacoa on top. Just like it's not your average nacho, but they, oh, I've never had one, but they sound delicious. Give me pub nachos. Very good. Yeah, that's what that I was reading the menu and that was making me, uh, my mouth water a little bit. It stands mm-hmm. out. That's for sure. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. I'm going to go next with my, hmm, I got a snack and an appetizer and I got a good list of both. I'll go with my appetizer here, and I'm going to go Bavarian pretzel with cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily a traditional ballpark meal, but boy, are soft pretzels with cheese just delicious. Give me Bavarian pretzel with cheese for my appetizer. It's fine. It's always a, it's a good, it's a good appetizer. I mean, pretzel probably don't want to have it in like the middle of August. <laughs> After that frosty malt. That frosty malt's coming in, coming in great those dog days of summer. True, you're just sweating on your pretzel. It's just, it's just salty, <laughs> like bread sweats. I don't know if that's a thing, but it 100% could become a thing at that in that situation. Yep, good old bread and cheese sweats. <clears throat> Kitty, third pick. Yeah, I since you guys already have your, I gotta go with an appetizer, and. Didn't seem like an appetizer, based, but based on the menu, <laughs> it was a starter. And I saw Nashville hot chicken. Uh-huh. I have not had it out there at the stadium, uh-uh. but sure as shit, I'm going to have it next time I go to the stadium. Mm-hmm. Try and stop me. Anybody. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> Ryan, stop me from having some Nashville hot chicken at the stadium. Uh-huh. You will get a solid beating coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I will I, say... I, those are available in Craft and Draft and Rivals. So I would make sure you've got a table or a, a Craft and Draft ticket up there because yep. wings can get pretty nasty. Yes. <laughs> You're not eating wings in a seat in GA. That's disaster waiting to happen. Yes. That, or, or just the just the greatest option for someone filming the game and just, oh, look at this guy. <laughs> got the sauce all over his slob. beard yeah. yeah it's basically the the, the, the costanza at the u.s open film moment wait to happen yep you just see you like getting drunk order nashville hot chicken wings and just like <laughs> rubbing them in your hair and foreheads full of nashville hot chicken it's sauce. like july 27th and it's 116 degrees out and you're just covered in nashville <laughs> hot chicken sauce mm-hmm I could, I could totally see that. Brian, third pick and fourth pick. All right, let's take my app first. I'm going out to Craft and Draft, and I'm getting some pepperoni pizza rolls. Oh, yeah. Hand-rolled pizza rolls with marinara. It's not real baseball-y, to say no. the least, but, God, they look really good. Yeah, they did. They really did. 
and I'm not, gonna, not gonna have to twist my arm i'll have a few of those too yeah after i get done with my pizza rolls i'm headed out to what they call the blue moon tap room now mm-hmm. i like to watch it out there on the top level above rivals if you can somehow get one of those seats that has the railing you can sit there and leave your beer there you've got a access to a bathroom right behind you you've got access to a bar right behind you and what i like about it over the the miller light fountain seats you've got a better angle at seeing the video board because i feel like i like to hang out in left field but i can never see what's going on the video board you can usually tell enough by the sideboards or whatever but i also like to, to see the lineup and all that good stuff coming up so if i can score one of those uh high top tables up there at the at the fountain bar i, I mean i love it Something else you're going to score up there is some raccoon eyes because it's the last place in the stadium that loses sunlight. Yes, yes. It, it, it's very bright uh, when that's the sun's going down in the afternoon. <laughs> you're, you're watching the whole game from the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, really good spot for day games. Uh, that's be. true. I yeah. feel like those, those mid-summer or late-summer games where it's, oh, it's 9 o'clock and you're, it's just sunlight still coming out. You're just, yep. just winking a little too much. <laughs> You drank too much beer, tough. not enough water. You've been squinting the whole so your head is pounding. Yep. Been <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, those, those 3 p.m. Saturday games are probably the worst spot for that one. <laughs> yep, that's, that's true. probably true. That's a fact, Jack. Kitty? All right, so I have, I believe, my main dish left, and I have not had this yet, but damn, they look good, and that is the Street Taco Trio. Mm. Hmm. I mean, drunken barbacoa beef on one, Chipotle chicken, and then grilled cod with mango. Mm. Yep, sign me up. I am 100% ready for some street tacos. It's not bad. I've never met a street taco order that has made me full afterwards, though. Mm. Right? Sometimes they're, you know, they will, sometimes the, the, the smaller tortilla shells with them. But, man, that, that just the ingredients sound so delicious. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's worth getting once and it doesn't fill me up. All right, I got it once. It was delicious, but yeah, not enough. I guess next time I'll go pub nachos like you, you took, Josh. Those are <laughs> yep. pretty damn good. Or just the classic nachos. Or right. yeah, just classic nachos with the classic jalapenos nachos. on top. Boom. Just dump a bunch of the jalapenos. Yeah. I'm going to bring us home with my snack. It's, it's taken a lot of willpower. And I know that it's the classic, it's the classic one. But I'm going to have to let Dippin' Dots go. It's, it's usually like it always sounds better than it ever is. It's never good. It's frost, frostbitten ice cream balls, and uh, it's never as good as you think it's going to be. So Very I'm going to switch it up. Something I haven't seen or had out there, but it sounds really good, is cinnamon sugar donut holes. And they put chocolate and vanilla frosting swirled on top of those bad boys sounds very very good so i'm gonna top everything off my whole kaufman stadium visit with some cinnamon sugar donut holes again maybe not late august order uh, there. true <laughs> yeah the same thing was similar was the uh cinnamon sugar churro bites that churro I saw bites yeah that served with a cup of spicy mexican hot chocolate yeah not yeah. a july or august order <laughs> i i had to i had to really consider the churro <laughs> balls until i saw spicy hot chocolate and thought about 110 degree weather where i <laughs> yeah. can't physically keep water in my body uh, not good not good yeah there's some of these items are not 
July, August friendly. I'm intrigued. Give me a nice yes. October game and I'll go find your spicy hot chocolate and get, get it right in my tummy, but mm-hmm. not in July, man. That's all we got for the Cleveland yeah. podcast this week. Uh, episode 69. We did it, fellas. Nice. We, uh, we finished episode 69. Didn't make any jokes about it. It's just a special milestone for us. So, we're so <clears> we've grown. We've grown. We're mature adults at this point, and we're not making any uh, 69 jokes. So we did it. Uh, thanks again to Max Reaper for uh, coming on with us again. Uh, we really appreciate him taking the time, taking the chance on us as a podcast, bringing on the RoyalsReview.com uh, network. Uh, we really, really appreciate the uh, uh, the opportunity, the exposure, the crowd, the, the audience, all of it. We just really, really appreciate it. Thankful to him for everything so far. Um, I think, yeah, I, play ball, I guess, <laughs> is the way to go. Um, enjoy opening day, guys. We still got a few uh, March Madness games. Really, really good uh, time to be tapped in the sports. So thanks for joining us for this week. We'll see you next week. Ta-ta for now.